0: This is News Talk on the VOCM Bigland FM radio network. The views and opinions on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your News Talk host, Linda Swain.
1: Well, good afternoon, everyone. And we have a little breaking news off the top of the show today. We've been having this conversation all week. Uh, about the situation down in and around uh, Colonial Building in the capital city's downtown in the tent encampment that's there. And early in the week, as you recall, the city of St. John's had to uh, block access to the bathrooms there because of damage and vandalism and other issues that they were encountering there that they, uh, the city felt was endangering uh, the safety of uh, not only the public, but uh, staff who work uh, with the city as well. So they they blocked access to the bathrooms there. Um, because of kind of the extreme situation that was happening. And uh, that led to a whole uh, cascade of uh, very serious and real concerns about access to bathrooms. And we saw a protest earlier in the week or a rally earlier in the week calling for access to washroom facilities and the like 24-7, which are considered... Uh, by a group of social workers, as we know, um, who uh, rallied outside St. St. John's City Hall earlier in the week, are a human right. Well, we have a little bit of breaking news, Brian Callahan, I understand.
2: Yeah, we do. Um, Thanks to uh, one of our colleagues just happened to notice porta potties actually being delivered to the site. So um, I think we have it confirmed now that the union, I think NAEP is responsible for putting one there. And uh, apparently, we don't know, a concerned citizen or maybe just a private donation of a second one. The issue here, of course, is the maintenance of them, right, and the emptying of them. So I imagine they'll have staff to do that, but that was the problem the city had. They simply couldn't—their staff refused to— you know, be cleaning what they were cleaning, uh, you know, beyond the usual bathroom cleaning. So, the, you know, broken... W- when you get into broken plumbing and broken... And then, not just on the floors, but, you know, defecation on walls and that sort of thing. And I know that within the camp encampment now, anyway, you know, they're all trying to, you know, communicate with each other that, you know, we're going to get port or We want access to bathrooms. We can't be trashing them. And we're not saying it's the tent city people just doing it. We just know that when they were open and tent city was there, it was happening. So... They have porta potties. That's great news. Although it's pretty cold out, so uh, you know, and they've been giving regular offers of shelter at night. You know, we we only found out yesterday, Linda, that really, on a communication side, that the province has staff there from various departments: NL, NLHC, uh, CSSD, uh, Child uh, Social Development, and Seniors. Um, and other groups that are down there regularly from different departments checking in, making sure, doing the work that the Premier's task force is now going to be tasked with, in the sense of gathering the information, doing one-on-ones with the people down there, find out what they need, what they want, because we know that some people won't leave. Paul Davis of The Gathering Place said yesterday, we had room at The Gathering Place, which is a rare thing, he said, and you can imagine it is a rare thing for them to have beds available, Uh, And when we see people sleeping outside, but some people just choose to avail, not to, for different reasons. We know that there are risks with shelters people have identified. So, you know, uh, step by step, at least the porta potties are there. That's at least a a comfort, if you will. Um, Not going to say they'll be relieved, but, you know, I guess they will be.
1: And, of course, not a long-term solution, uh, but it's one that will um, address some immediate concerns, I suppose.
2: Yeah, that's the problem, right? Because we know this is a longer-term issue, what they're trying to do in the interim to get from, you know, one step at a time. So from short-term shelter, if you will, to longer-term housing. And, you know, they have to get to that point. It's not going to happen, as every politician in, uh, under the face of the earth has told us in the past week, not going to happen overnight. We know that. Uh, although overnight is a big deal for these people. One overnight. It's cold and... Uh, You know, uh, there's almost some guilt creeps in, you know, because I I live right next to... I'm only two minutes away from the encampment, and I go by in the morning or walk by or drive by, and, uh, you know, I've got the warm house, but, uh, you know, so it gives you pause for think. It's just, personally, even as a human, it's great to see that at least the porta-potties are there and that people are on the ground helping them the best they can. So it's not just a every man, woman, and child from himself down there. There is constant help and assistance ongoing.
1: Now, you were at this uh, task force uh, announcement yesterday. Yeah. And uh, er- anyone who's, anyone involved in government and uh, the province was, yeah. and various um, organizations, community organizations, including the Gathering Place, including home- and Homelessness St. John's. All the players and, were there. Uh, they were all there. Uh, that is a, uh, I suppose, a hopeful sign that everybody is working together, or at least um visually. Yeah. It's a hopeful sign. Uh, what realistically can be done now? How how, are, how is this being approached? What did they tell you?
2: Well, this is all about, and the Premier used the word alignment over and over and over. It's about, again, as we said this morning uh, through our coverage, getting it on the same page. You're right. Uh, the optics were important here. It wasn't just what they did, but it, clearly they saw uh, um, advantage and uh, significance in bringing everybody out. So it's about 15, maybe. There were at least four or five provincial ministers. There were three or four city council members including uh, deputy mayor and the mayor uh, Councillor Ravencroft and others um, and, uh, and as she said the four groups uh, Stella let's see if I can get them right Stella Circle Thrive Gathering Place and and Homelessness, down to St. John's. I wouldn't say .ca, because that's the commercial, of course. But it was just as much important as about what they were doing as opposed to, as it was, the visual of everybody together. Because, again, you and I both know, if we had a dollar for every time a politician said, we got to work together this week, then finally, I guess the Premier, as he said, uh, over, you know, he, he talked about the, 20, the past 24 hours of public discourse, which is not a negative thing. If you look up the definition for discourse, it's just public debate, talk uh, about an issue. And so uh, he mentioned that, and I guess he got to the point, or at least he and his advisors, who knows, but at some point the Premier decided to call all of these people who keep saying we have to work together together. And got them together in, you know, in short fashion. So I guess when the premier calls, we all go. And and so um, they all ended up in a big meeting yesterday morning. And this is what came out of it: the task force. So the idea is again, as they said. They found that different groups, all these four groups, for example, had different statistics on, on wh- what people, what they needed, or who was there, or what the specific needs were for individual, what the data points, uh, the, the term that the premier used was, and they all had different numbers and different statistics, and they were working with different origins of their statistics, so. That's the first step, uh, knowing what they need and making sure that everybody's on the same page instead of having a bit of a disjointed situation. So the task force also, you know, task force, nobody likes the word. You and I don't like the word. It's one of these, it's so easy to be cynical and skeptical when they come out with a task force because clearly this was done very quickly and, you know, I will not say knee-jerk because we've seen this issue has been ongoing. People have been trying to find out what to do about it. Uh, But it was very short notice, overnight, where the premier just said, okay, let's get everyone together. Next thing you know, they had a meeting. Next thing you know, they had a task force. The thing a task force does is it forces reporting, public reporting. So they have an obligation now on whatever is gathered. And we know with these groups that are there, they're not going to hold back those statistics. They want the real stats out there. They want the public to know what's happening, including that the government is actually on the ground. I found that interesting. In the communications of this, we didn't really know that. And that was an important thing to know because the perception was these people People are left to fend for themselves on their own devices. Uh, who knows? It could be kicked out any time. They're behind the colonial building in next to the park. There's no bathrooms. But the truth is there are people there working great community work, volunteer work, but also provincial government staff on the ground doing what they can, whichever category they fall into.
1: And that is encouraging to hear and important to hear, I, I would think, in a lot of ways. Now, do challenges still mm-hmm. uh, exist? Absolutely. Otherwise, we wouldn't see people in these circumstances. So, um,
2: Two other things come out of it, too. So they, there was mention of a new facility, whether it's not a brand to build one. The impression I got, the way the wording of John Abbott, the Minister of Infrastructure and Transportation, worded it, they're working on a new facility for this, this early temporary shelter, get people out out of the outdoors and at least give them warmth and bathrooms until they can figure out, kind of like a placement situation where you move to the next level and now you're ready for housing. So uh, there's talk of a new facility as well. And um, and also, again, taking all this information, putting it all together so that they can have a better categorization of what they've got down there. And the people there, again, this is f- between 15 and 30, it fluctuates. Uh, Again, the impression we're getting is the only people that are there now, we've been told sporadically overnight this week, have been people who wanted to stay there because there have been beds. As I mentioned, the gathering place had three beds available. So that's the other thing, communicating that there are beds available and where those beds are on any given night. That's also part of this task force. Everybody on the same page, open communication.
1: And um, I suppose the long-term solutions are not going to be – quickly found if you know what i'm saying they, they will take time if there's going to be a new facility there has to be either something built or something um renovated mm. or you know like because a lot of people say we have abandoned schools in yeah. the city we have abandoned this we have abandoned that it's not just easy to just uh, you know no, open through. the lock and put people in it you have to prepare that building and make sure that it's inspected and make sure that it's clean and make sure to there you know Electricity is on in yeah. here. And-
2: Unless it's a hotel. And that was brought up again yesterday. Because, again, we're not talking hundreds. We're talking, on average, a couple of dozen people who come and go. People don't want to lose their tents that are there as well. So they're worried if they move out of there, what happens to any of their personal belongings that are there. But the, the idea of, a uh, you know, if, if we can't, if we're talking immediacy, and we are, because these are immediate things, gets cold. God forbid, Linda, that someone passes away. I'm going to say it. Everybody's thinking it. The cold weather. There's not the best of health for some people who are homeless. You don't Very have access. Very vulnerable people, yeah. We don't have, they don't have access to the same health care. Well, somebody, people are yelling at the radios now saying, I don't have access to health care either. But when you consider you know, the travails that the, some of the homeless people go through, what access they regularly have, whether it's a dentist, whether it's a doctor. Uh, not a lot of access. So those kind of things have to be taken into consideration, too. But, no, I think it was Jim Din mentioned, you know, maybe we do need, to look, you just said then, a temporary facility isn't even going to happen overnight. But hotels exist. We've seen it utilized for Ukrainians and other immigrants that have come quickly and need good permanent uh, or, or good short-term housing before they can be find permanent long-term housing. So that was brought up yesterday, too. We'll see how it goes, at least just communicating. Hopefully, it would be nice if they kind of updated us on a regular basis with this task force, if there was a... I'm not talking about a COVID-19 hub, but some place where, you know... Two or
1: three times a week?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Let us know what's the situation down there. Because people really care. It's just that... how much can you do? People have families, you know, I, you know I'm guilted. And I, I feel, think about it every day. So, I mean, I'm sure everybody does. Uh, and
1: everyone's feeling the pinch.
2: Uh, yeah, and so yeah. this was part of the optics yesterday, too, to let everybody know, because, you know, the Premier was heartfelt about this. Obviously, you'd have to be not human to not f- care about what's happening down there. And uh, obviously, they all do. And as a physician, he still has that hippo... I joke sometimes, a hypocritical... hypocritical sometimes when they're in the House of Assembly... That's a Freudian that works sometimes. But uh, they have the Hippocratic go, do no harm, and in, in fact, do better than no harm. Make sure it doesn't exist in the first place. Like the mayor said, there should, let's get to the point where there is no encampment.
1: And this isn't just about shelter. It's also providing those regular supports, yeah. they, they call them wraparound supports, yeah. which, you know, f- for even to me, I don't understand exactly what that means. But I, th- I do understand that you need a social worker, you need a mental health uh, yep. uh, person, you need somebody who's familiar with addictions, you need health, you need all of these other things, social services, uh, access to food, money, Absolutely. all of these things. So you need all of those supports to be available for a person who might otherwise have difficulty navigating Just getting through a regular. I mean, you're not
2: going online. There are no laptops sitting around down there, you know, with chargers in place and all the rest of it. I mean, the the advantage of this is there is a one area, a hub, if you want to call it that, that people know where these avail. You know, this is so. If there is one advantage to the encampment, it is that there is a one-stop area right now. People know where it is. If you are homeless, you know that that exists there. And if you're at the really difficult a spot and you just need like you said counseling let alone housing or you need to talk to somebody you can go there you know that there are people of like like mind and like situation that can relate and not only that supports are coming and going there all the time so it is available down there whether choose, people choose to avail of it is that's the other uh, issue right and um, different reasons they won't yeah reasons.
1: and like you say now any kind of a um uh, more Substantive or permanent solution will will have to have that kind of a yeah. similar type. Let's of hope we
2: see progress scenario. on that, right? I mean, yeah. let's just don't hear about a task force and then nothing for a few months because but
1: Christmas is coming. That's on a yeah. lot of our minds as well, you know. And I can uh, see
2: opportunities, you know. Like I mean, it's Bannerman people are talking about, oh, you know, oh, we won't be able to use the loop, and that's kind of there now. This blight on the park and the community is there now. We can't take our families and kids. I don't, you know, I mean. I kind of push back against that. Uh, This can be turned into something really nice for Christmas. I can see, you know, you know the way people are in this city. They come up with some great ideas, some great charitable ideas. I can see lights down there. I can see, you know, this being a little bit of a melting pot for people to mingle, co-mingle. I think it's getting to the point now where you can eventually weed out the the the, uh, the non-wanted vandalism and other just stuff that doesn't even really have to do with homelessness. It's not really what it is. There's vandalism ongoing there that, can't, that can legitimately not be linked to the homeless people that are there. It's a free-for-all in some senses, you know? It's like, okay, we can go down there and do whatever we want. But this is, I think there's an opportunity for the community, really. Like, yeah, it is Christmas, and, uh, you know, do what we're supposed to do at Christmas and uh, care and give
1: and now uh, a couple of porty-potties on site yeah. so yeah. Uh, welcome baby steps eh? yeah welcome what we call
2: baby steps but are probably huge steps down there
1: welcome movement there um Frank Helhan, thank you very much. You're welcome, Linda. Anytime. Um, and uh, if you have anything to say on that, you're certainly welcome to give us a call. Well, coming up, the AIDS Committee of Newfoundland and Labrador are working towards zero transmission, death and discrimination targets when it comes to diagnose, uh, the diagnosing and treatment of HIV AIDS. And they believe that access to testing is key. This is News Talk on VOCM.
0: Win your Christmas cash with a VOCM Cares for the Community 50-50 draw. Buy your tickets until this. December. December 16th at VOCM.com.
1: And we're back. And I know I uh, teed up the AIDS Committee of Newfoundland and Labrador. We're going to hear from them in just a short while. But first, I want to share this uh, story with you. Federal Minister of Health Mark Holland says Ottawa will act quickly to regulate flavored nicotine pouches currently marketed as a smoking cessation product. Health Canada approved the nicotine pouches, which are marketed in colorful packages under brand names like Zonic and Zinc, much uh, to the alarm of groups like the Alliance of the Control of Tobacco. Last week, ACT issued a release expressing its concern about the nicotine product and its attractiveness especially to young people. I spoke with Executive Director of Act Kevin Cody earlier today. Well, hello, Kevin Cody. Hi, Linda. So last week, of course, you issued this release uh, um, with c- very serious concerns about this uh, new product being put out by the tobacco companies, uh, these flavor pouches. Um, Zonic is, is just one brand name. Um, and uh, surprised by uh, Health Canada moving this through, uh, that's changed now. The health minister says uh, he's going to act to uh, shut down a, a loophole um, regarding these uh, flavored nicotine pouches. Uh, what's your response?
3: Uh, yeah, well, we are we are pleased, obviously, that the minister that that our press release and the, and the press releases from our counterparts across the country got the ear of the minister, and he realized uh, quickly that uh, something went wrong here. Um, Uh, He's disgusted. They they, they were his words. And uh, that's (laughs) that's good to hear, because uh, it was a disgusting move to allow these flavored uh, nicotine pouches to come on the market available to anyone of any age. No restriction. So uh, hopefully he's going to uh, follow up now and move very quickly because this needs to be shut down and shut down immediately. So what was the greatest concern here? The greatest concern was the no age limit uh that you know uh, young people could go into the corner store uh, picking up their favorite candy or whatever and uh see this attractive uh, new item uh realize hey i'm allowed to get this and get it and try it and all of a sudden they're into the nicotine mix and uh addiction sets in pretty quickly so very concerning that uh, that there was no age limit very concerning that it's so readily available in the corner stores um, that's just not what a true cessation product should you know that's not how it should unfold uh, if adults want to access this that's fair game but uh if they're trying to quit smoking but for children to be able to access it and treat it as uh, something uh, you know interesting uh, even the ads are Geared towards young people, the uh, the attractiveness of the item geared towards young people, and of course the flavors definitely geared towards young people.
1: Health Minister Mark Holland indicated that the um, uh, the Department of Health was was duped by the nicotine companies here. Do you buy
3: that? Well, I'm puzzled by it because uh, you know how did it how did it get through the to the Health Canada in the first place. That's that's the question we have. I mean, uh, we assume the role is to to uh, confirm that these products are uh, properly regulated and uh, can only get into the hands of people who need them or should use them. So uh, I, I don't know. I guess uh, maybe something passed his desk that he didn't... Uh, Get a good look at, or something, but it it moved so quickly and happened so quickly, it's frightening, and you know uh, shouldn't be happening that way.
1: And especially attractive, no doubt, to young people.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, if you look at the ads and 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 the displays. Uh, it's all very colourful uh, in little canisters, like you might buy your favourite mint in, or something like that. And uh, you know, why wouldn't a young person try it um, when it's readily available? That's that's the key. I mean, if <laughs> history shows that they'll try uh, anything, like uh, vapes and so on, and. Uh, the concern being that it's it's nicotine and nicotine is so addictive and once you're addicted it's tough to shake and then if you're looking for it uh, you might turn to smoking or vaping with nicotine in the vapes uh, so the you know the game goes on all led by the tobacco industry uh, that's that's the puzzling part how the tobacco industry can so easily get products like this out there uh, when supposedly uh, Health Canada and all, all health ministers realize uh, the devastation that, uh, that tobacco and vaping and so on has been causing. So what do you expect will happen now? I suspect he'll. I hope he'll quickly come out with uh, with an age limit. I mean, we're not opposed to the product uh, for adults who are smoking and are looking for a cessation product to uh, to, to get through their, uh, their their craving for nicotine. Um, that's that's an adult decision, and we're not against that. But there's no logic in it being available to young people. Uh, so I I, I assume. His reaction is going to be all right. Let's get the, the age limit on this, whatever that age limit might be. The other thing they might want to consider is how readily available it is. I mean, we we took away cigarettes uh, on display in corner stores. Vapes are supposedly, uh, you know, in uh, in specialty areas. So they might want to look at that too. If it's if it's a cessation product, uh, the adult can go to a. Pharmacy or some you know res- more restrictive place and pick up that cessation product um, but the children shouldn't be able to get it.
1: Kevin Cody, I do appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thanks, Linda. And Kevin Cody is the executive director of uh, ACT. That is the Alliance for the Control of Tobacco. Well, when we come back, we'll uh, hear from the AIDS Committee, um, which is hoping that uh, testing will help uh, them towards their target of zero new transmissions, deaths, and discrimination related to HIV/AIDS. This is News Talk on V O C M.
0: Make a request anytime by calling 709-272. 713 or one eight 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 five nine zero eight six two six. 8626 The soundtrack of your holiday joy, your VOCM.
1: And we are back. Well, the AIDS Committee of Newfoundland and Labrador is working towards zero targets for new transmissions of AIDS, uh, HIV, deaths and discrimination related to the uh, illness. And a big part of that is the promotion of HIV testing. Today is World AIDS Day. Earlier today, Executive Director of the Newfoundland and Labrador AIDS Committee, uh, Gerard Yetman, was joined by Rhea White and Dr. Debbie Kelly with the approach study, who spoke about the importance of World AIDS Day and raising awareness about AIDS testing. VOCM's Richard Duggan was there.
4: Today were celebrating World AIDS Day. And today on World AIDS Day, the International AIDS Society calls on the HIV response to put communities first. Today, we put the spotlight on a specific community that is often overlooked, that's people growing older with HIV. Remarkable strides in medicine and science have transformed the HIV response since the impact of AIDS-related illnesses in the 1980s, which claimed many lives prematurely. Thanks to access to life-saving treatments and proper care, it is now possible for people living with HIV to live into old age, something that was inconceivable 40 years ago. Globally, UNAIDS estimates a significant increase in people aged 50 years or older living with HIV from 5.6 million in 2015 to 9.4 million in 2022 this generation now faces unprecedented and unique HIV-related health issues. To address these issues, ACNL, or the AIDS Committee of Newfoundland and Labrador, has engaged in a five-year initiative with the Public Health Agency of Canada to address the increase in HIV cases in Newfoundland and Labrador. Our initiative is getting to zero. Zero new HIV transmissions, zero AIDS-related deaths, zero discrimination. To reach a zero, we must first address testing for HIV and other STBBIs, and address the lack of testing options in Newfoundland and Labrador, particularly in rural Newfoundland. Our initiative is encouraging the public to request testing for all STBBIs, and that's sexually transmitted blood-borne infections, It is encouraging health professionals to offer testing to their patients and encouraging family physicians to promote testing as part of their patients' annual checkups. With advances in medicine, early diagnosis, adherence to treatment, ensures an individual living with HIV cannot transmit HIV to an HIV negative individual, thus achieving zero new transmissions. As part of getting to a zero, the AIDS Committee are offering HIV self-test kits, and in the past six months, we have distributed over 100 kits to the general public. To provide access to community testing, we are also supporting Dr. Deborah, Deborah Kelly in her initiative to provide access to testing pharmacy pharmacies, known as the Approach Study. I would like to now offer Dr. Debbie Kelly and Rhea um, who are leading the approach study in Newfoundland, Labrador.
5: All right. Thank you, Gerard, Um, and thank you for asking me uh, here today. So I'm one of the peer research partners with the approach study. And thinking today about World AIDS Day and the theme of this year's year's World AIDS Day, um, and that being letting communities lead... And that allowed me the opportunity to reflect on what that meant to me and how that relates to this project. Um, So reflecting on the theme, I think about allowing communities who would benefit from testing to help drive how that testing is made available to them um, and better allow them to obtain the testing that they require. And I think about reasons why people don't get tested. and barriers that can exist within the healthcare system that leads to that. Those barriers can include physical barriers such as distance to a nearest testing location, Um, but they can also include social barriers such as not having a relationship or um, knowing the healthcare provider that they're going to be interacting with, um, concerns over stigma, for example. And with initiatives such as pharmacy-based testing for um, STPBIs, um, as Gerard mentioned, um, they allow people to access testing closer to them. Um, we talk about letting communities lead, and we think about communities that are fo- focused around or formed around social similarities. So it could be um, you know, gender diversity, it could be um, diversity amongst attraction and, and sexual attraction. But all of those people are within every little community of our po- uh, province. And so we also need to think about how we're going to allow those people to access, regardless of where they live. And so projects like this um, bring people close, because we have pharmacies in many areas of our province. We have close to 200 community retail pharmacies in this province, and... In, in dozens of communities and hopefully it'll allow people to get testing closer to them and with an individual if it's with a pharmacy professional that they already know and trust and so projects like this recognize that there isn't just one right way to be tested Um, letting communities lead includes ensuring that there's multiple options to allow those varying voices within the community um, to all get the care that they require and so to talk more about the study itself uh, dr deborah kelly
6: thanks ria So today is the one year anniversary since the launch of the approach study. When we first planned this, it was going to be a one year study. Um, However, we've extended the testing period through to March because clearly it's meeting a need and we wanna give the opportunity to more people to get tested so that we can learn how this might best fit as a testing option going forward. In 2020, the Public Health Agency of Canada reported that an estimated 90% of people living with HIV were diagnosed, 87% were on treatment, and about 95% of people on treatment achieve the target of an undetectable HIV viral load. This is important because we know, as Gerard said, when people have an undetectable HIV viral load, they cannot pass HIV on to their sex partners, and this is something we refer to as U equals U. However, to achieve the the vision of zero new transmissions, we need to do more. The current goals are to have 95% of people diagnosed and on treatment, and we aren't there yet especially among women, First Nations, African, Caribbean and black communities, we need to do better. For people who use drugs and those who are incarcerated, we need to do better. For pe- um, testing needs to be accessible, welcoming and impactful. In the first eight months of the approach study, 33 of pe- 33% of people who were tested for HIV by pharmacists had never been tested before, and over 30% of, pe- of everyone tested in the pharmacy did not have a primary care provider. These testing interactions not only gave people valuable information about their HIV status, but were important opportunities to educate people on how to reduce their risk of infection in future as well. Over 40% of people tested were interested in accessing something called HIV PrEP, or pre-exposure prophylaxis, which is a medication that's taken before exposure to reduce the risk of infection. Our team has shown that the pharmacist testing model is cost-effective when compared to standard testing, with the potential to save $885 million in testing costs over a 30-year modeling horizon. It is highly accessible, acceptable by people. It's raising awareness. It's preferred by many people who are seeking testing. So we are listening to communities. We are working with public health and provinces across Canada to see the pharmacy testing model and indeed the provision of prevention and STBBI treatment services integrated into usual care so that Canadians can continue to access this care outside of a research study.
1: So that was Dr. Debbie Kelly with Memorial University's uh, uh, School of Pharmacy, along with uh, Rhea White, uh, you heard from her earlier, and the Executive Director of the AIDS Committee of Newfoundland and Labrador, Gerard Yetman, uh, talking about uh, creating a program that uh, will improve access to testing uh, for people so that um, the AIDS Committee of Newfoundland and Labrador can reach its goal of uh, zero new transmissions of AIDS, HIV, as zero deaths and zero discrimination related to the illness. Um, And uh, VOCM's Richard Duggan was there to take that in today. Well, when we come back, we're going to uh, replay perhaps one of the best interviews I've heard maybe ever. (laughs) She's a card. It occurred today. (laughs) It was between Claudette Burns and the indomitable... Yes. Sheila Guy Murphy, who is a force to be reckoned with. To be reckoned with. A force of her own. She's like a hurricane. A big pink fluffy
7: hurricane. <laughs> yeah, she does exactly what she looked like, just barreling in through the studio, but just joyful.
1: Absolutely. Yes. And um, oh my goodness, if I could just harness just a, her energy the tiniest amount of that energy. Mm-hmm. What I could achieve. The <laughs> the things, <laughs> the opportunities that would be available available to me. Just extraordinary. So I'm gonna replay that interview if you don't mind, Claudette Barnes. Not at all. I love uh, her. When we come back after the break. And if you haven't heard it already, well Buckle up is all I got to say. Buckle up. You're in for a ride. We're going to take a very short break when we come back. Uh, You'll hear more of that. This is News Talk on VOCM.
0: Stay informed and have your say on the news of the day with your VOCM. Join Linda Swain weekday afternoons from 4 to 5 p.m. for an hour of talk and discussion with decision makers and listeners like you. News Talk on your VOCM.
1: Work. Well you just heard it Jersey Boys uh, the story of uh, Frankie Valley and that incredible falsetto uh, reaching notes that well you'll hear it now in a minute because Claudette and uh, Sheila Guy Murphy do their level best to reach those <laughs> high notes. Yeah, you know I really am
7: tone deaf like I have no I can't sing as you can yeah that's why you're laughing <laughs> I
1: really wish I could. But <laughs> you know what it's not in the doing it's in the attempt (laughs) oh I tried tried. (laughs) but anyway I was captivated on the (laughs) listening to the radio this afternoon absolutely captivated by this conversation if you haven't had the pleasure to meet Sheila Guy Murphy she is exactly as she sounds in this interview. She so so. Uh, if you want to uh, have a hoot, a little bit of a uh, pick me up uh, heading into this uh, holiday week, um, this weekend, here it is. This is uh, Claudette Barnes in conversation with Sheila Guy Murphy earlier today. It's uh, Sheila Guy Murphy, host of Our Divas to Christmas. Hello.
7: Hi, 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 hi. Really excited to be here. Oh, I'm so so excited to have you. And I just wish sometimes that this was more television than radio because you're wearing this beautiful pink number right now.
8: Oh, yeah. My Pepto-Bismol Divas (laughs) coat.
7: Pepto-Bismol. That's perfect. It looks stunning on you but you never do anything you know meh or plain or vanilla it's always something with a little sparkle so just i know you're here for a number of different updates so how are tickets going
8: oh tickets are going great on uh, divas i think we might have 20 left. So that's really brilliant. But I'm here for another big announcement today, Claudette. I'm so excited. Now, you know okay. we, did, we did our uh, press release back in September. Yes. Ta-da, events big 20th season. One big bang show after the other. And uh, we did the Rocky Horror brilliant show. Divas next week, over the moon and get ready for it. Today we're putting on sale pre-sales tickets of Drum roll, Jersey Boys. Jersey Boys. Holy snapping turtle! Another. Say it with me. Wowza! Wowza. (laughs) Really wowza! We have to make that our word for the year for Newfoundland. It is my word for Terry Andrews. Uh, productions this year they are larger than life they're fabulous so jersey boys which tells the incredible rags to riches and fame story of the four seasons frankie valley and the four seasons uh is coming on stage in march and we've got tickets on sale now and we're saying um get your tickets as a christmas gift for somebody maybe even yourself and we're going to give you 10 percent off that ticket sale
7: i love how you just gave everybody a great idea because sometimes you know well not sometimes a lot of the times we don't uh we have people on the list that we don't know what we want to get for and sometimes what what is overlooked are experiences right? absolutely and, and an there's a, we have a
8: lot of people uh uh who uh, a lot of companies who say they give their uh uh, employees and co workers, a gift uh, of divas at Christmas time. And now we're saying that, well, at Christmas time now, you can get a gift with 10% off for Jersey Boys. It is a phenomenal show. It really is. It's a Broadway musical. It It took a while, right, to to get the rights for that? Well, Terry Andrews, director Terry Andrews and producer, she took a while to uh, get the rights of this show. Uh, Not everybody gets the rights to do these big uh, spectaculars. Uh, You've got to be you've got to be somebody who knows how to do it and you've got to be you know where you're doing it and who's doing it and all that kind of stuff and terry now has the reputation which has had for quite a while of producing really uh i would say and a lot of people would agree broadway comparative Productions. Speaking of which,
7: was it hard to get somebody to play Frankie Valley? I mean, that's a falsetto Uh
8: vocal. I mean, that's a falsetto that I tell you who can do it and who's going to do it and who's going to be over the moon is Keith Roberts. He's doing um, Frankie Mm Valley, and a lot of you will remember Keith Roberts as the extraordinary person, angel in rent. When Ty then did rent, Keith Roberts was the lead in that, and his voice is everything. It's angelic. It can do the fa- It can hit those falsetto like notes. Like the song "Sherry." And That's he's what I'm a uh, well. He can do. He can hit the notes better than I can. And, well, I can do. <laughs> t- okay, together, one, two, three. Sherry, Sherry, baby. Okay, I'm. I'm more like. Uh, oh, what a night. Yep. Late December 1963. Mm-hmm. Well, if I was born then, but I wasn't. But that's another one of the hits, you know. They're just. And we've got John Williams. John Williams, you'll remember from Kinky Boots. He was sensational. Yes. Jeff Sims, rocked, rocked, rocked Rocky Horror Picture Show. And Evan Smith, well, he just rocks everything. So those are the four seasons. And uh, then we've got some incredible, uh, talented. Uh, women performers like Dana Parsons and oh, Krista Borden, fabulous singer Rebecca Sellers, Anna Rumbold, and the dancers. Can Terry put on a show without 456 million incredible dancers? Oh, that's a lot to fit on stage at the same time. <laughs> and you'd think she would fit me in there somewhere, right. wouldn't you? So we've got actors, we've got dancers, we've got singers, we've got wowzers, what we got. And uh, so I'm in here today to say, uh, good to our word, we said it was going to be an incredible season for today, events, And this is our next one, Jersey Boys fantastic. And uh, get your tickets now and you'll get 10% off. And that's for March 8th, 9th, 15th and 16th at the St. John's Arts and at Culture Centre. At the Arts and Culture Centre we're doing two weekends and i got to tell you one thing. When you go out of this show... You're going to be not singing your way to the parking lot. You're going to be singing for like three weeks. Big girls don't cry. Big girls.
7: You hit the big note. <laughs> I, can't. I can't. That's what, you know what? I always, I'm always. i always up front. I cannot do that. I can probably hit the low notes,
8: but not the high notes. <laughs> uh, no, but it's, it's going to be great. This is a legendary mm-hmm. superstar group that... Took the world by storm. I it, in, in 1962 when they came out with Sherry, and went all the way right up to you know to 75 in 1975 when the world was doing hippy dippy and everything else, the Four Seasons had 29 hits in five years. Wow, they had it, man. They had it all. They had the look. Uh, they had a they had a New Jersey attitude going on you know that stuff rocking. and the story, they and yep. they had the uh, they had the sound that was so different from everybody else and uh it's still obviously with this musical uh, that has been around the world back transcends time transcends and generations time. all generations are listening to this music absolutely so you know All I can say is, you know, we're giving you the opportunity and an early Merry Christmas uh, present to you all. And uh, as uh, Terry Andrews directs with, uh, I think I'm going to try to get into the chorus. (laughs) like she won't know i'm back there it'll be like you know Hiding. that time sister olivette told me just to stand there and open my mouth but don't let anything come out right lips yeah in. i'll okay. be up there but i'll be in a sparkly i'll be in a really sparkly tuxedo so you'll know it's me <laughs> sheila guy murphy always a pleasure love it when you come in studio you brighten our day oh man no brighter than you i'm listening to you in the kitchen and you're talking to people and you got this smile on your voice and you can see it and I'm going, uh, do you think I should put one egg into this batter or two, Claudette? And I feel like, no, I don't think I should interrupt her. You know, it's that's what it's like having you around the house. Ah,
1: mutual love. Sheila, thank you for stopping in. Thank you. So one egg or two. <laughs> what is it, Claudette? Tell me now. <laughs> yeah. I need to know. <laughs> right. No half measures with Sheila Guy Murphy to go, you know, continue on with that uh, cooking-baking theme. <laughs> No half measures. Oh, my goodness. Energy. Anyway, Jersey Boy sounds like it's going to be a fabulous show. Oh, it is. And uh, the, the reason and why... Sh- and oh, oh, I'm not going to sing it. Oh,
7: you... I'm I always wondered if you could
1: sing, you know. Can you? I'm not a false sel- falsetto. <laughs> no, I'll give you that much. What about, like... One of these, uh, kind of. Uh, yeah. yeah, I am You can kind do of a, the lower one Not a contralto, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Um, Leave it to the experts. Ask my husband. Now, you know, everything. He regrets having the radio on because I'm like blah 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 blah. Yeah, singing you can along sing along to, every to it. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know whether or not it's good is. <sighs> but you enjoy it in the comfort of your own home, S- not the, next to a microphone. In the passenger seat of the <laughs> car. Yes, absolutely. Anyway, uh, there you go. Well, (laughs) you made our week, Claudette. Thank you for that. And uh, thank you, Sheila Guy Murphy. All the best now. The tickets uh, pre-sale.
7: Yeah, you can get your tickets now. And if you uh, order them, I believe she said by christmas day then you'll be able to get
1: 10 percent off oh cool yeah well like you say a nice little stocking stuffer yeah. whatever the case may be sure um so that's uh, great uh, we'll be back next week on monday do join us then uh noah shepherd standing by for the news
9: uh that's all for us for now H- have a great weekend bye bye for now hey it's beth here on your vocm and i am reporting for the final time today in the avalon mall lululemon court where we are collecting donations for the Happy Tree Toy Drive. This is an annual campaign where we collect unwrapped gifts, gift cards, and financial donations in support of teens and kids in need during the holiday season. If you're outside of the St. John's area, but still wanna donate, there's lots of ways to do that. You can go online to vocmcares.com and make a financial donation there, or you can donate to a happy tree near you. There are several campaigns happening across the province, including Clarenville, Placentia, Marystown, Gander, and Grand Falls, Windsor. You can find all of that information at vocmcares.com. If you came out and donated already, thank you so much. And to those thinking about it, please, we would really love to see you show up. This is Beth Fagan on your VOCM.